Hi, I'm excited to be here with Gilberto, and Gilberto is the founder of Delphire. And Delphire is a monitoring system that helps detect and, you know, for prevention of wildfires, which I think is an incredible, uh, incredible idea and something that's going to make a strong social impact and environmental impact, uh, you know, in the future. So, Gilberto, thank you for taking the time to join us here today. And I know you're going to be able to explain it much better than me. Uh, and that's the purpose of doing this. But uh, quick, I know you have, you're one of those PhDs. And uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to the point of deciding you wanted to delve into how we can help prevent and monitor wildfires. Sure. Uh, you might be surprised to know that my PhD is actually in biology. Uh, which may be unexpected. I uh, spent a lot of my time um, in, in grad school at Caltech learning how to robotize uh, biology experiments as well as uh, in some machine learning. After that, I worked uh, through a grant uh, under my own company to do machine learning and trying to um, come up with a blood test for Parkinson's. The idea was to analyze clinical data and try to organize it by uh, common groupings between the, the, the patients. And then uh, this project came up and, and was an opportunity to do something that was impactful and good for, for here in California. Uh, every time there's a wildfire, it makes it really difficult to breathe. And uh, it uh, gave, a, gave an opportunity to... to uh, work in this space. This originally started out as something meant to work with uh, firefighters, although there was no real market there that could be pursued. And uh, the idea of the power lines uh, came up as an interesting uh, potential market. And the more I looked into it, the more I realized this was an opportunity that was worth uh, building out from. I wrote up a grant uh, to the DOE and that grant was funded, uh, somewhat validating that the technology that we're working on is uh, interesting and shows promise. So that's, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I think when we met and uh, talked a month or two ago, uh, you know, I was I found it very fascinating what you're doing, because, again, uh, it's something that I've never seen anybody else doing. And uh, and that's always exciting for me considering the amount of startups and pitch decks and everything that I've seen. It's always nice to see something fresh, something different. And again, something that makes that social impact and environmental impact, you know, for, you know, uh, having lived in Arizona 20 years prior to living here, wildfires are a major issue there. I grew up in Northwest Montana. Wildfires are a major issue up in the Northwest. I mean, you know, so it's not just here in California. I mean, what you're, what you're doing can make a strong impact, you know, nationwide and globally. So that's exciting. So let's, uh, you know, if you can give me just a brief, what we would call an elevator pitch, uh, you know, maybe a minute or two, just kind of going through, you know, here's the problem, here's the solution, here's the market, here's, you know, what we're doing, uh, here's the team, and then we're going to dive into that a little more. Okay, absolutely. So the problem is uh, uh, grid-related wildfires in California. This is a growing problem, and there's a lot of new legislation coming out in this space, which is uh, creating a serious issue for the utilities, our customer. Um, the, the utilities themselves are uh, under a lot of, of both uh, 
societal and legal pressure to address the welfare problem. And our goal is to provide them with a system which uh, first will detect the fires early, kind of like a ring doorbell will detect um, a person at your door. We're able to position our devices along the grid and the, the small computer inside will analyze the data from the visual and thermal cameras and it will tell you when there's a fire along the line. The same system can also record what is going on. Was there some pre-existing issue? And our goal is to take all of that data, record it, analyze it, and then use it for future preventions once you've learned what may have been the underlying cause of that event. Fantastic. I mean, you know, again, just such a phenomenal idea and something that can be so impactful. So uh, let's talk a little bit about then what the market is. So your, your target, I believe, is the utility companies as far as who you go to and who the device would be, you know, sold to. That's our beachhead market uh, for sure. The utilities are a good entry point, but uh, they, they basically would uh, purchase our hardware and then we would um, add on data packages much like you would for a cell phone. And then the software would come as a service uh, for updating the capabilities of the device. So we would sell them basically uh, any software update where we're implementing new features, new prevention, that would be a great value add to the system that would build as a software as a service. Um, under another model, uh, which we're currently exploring, we may be able to work with the insurance companies. So we found out in our market research that the power companies are currently taking out large insurance uh, plans for wildfire mitigation specifically because they're literally being almost put out of business as we've seen from PG&E. So the idea would be to also approach these insurance companies and see if we can get them to adopt our system much like you know car insurance companies have adopted the airbag or the car alarm to prevent some of the damages being passed on to them. Uh, they would have a vested interest in adopting our system for uh, looking at what was the underlying cause of the fire and mitigating the effects of the fire, both of which may be interesting to them as another customer. We also want to target uh, small and, and rural communities. I lived in Big Bear for a while and, and I've lived in Lake Arrowhead uh, for a couple of months. And you can see the, the effects of wildfires in, in those communities very quickly. And having an early warning system when you have a fire coming up can be very important. Uh, it can be the difference between life and death sometimes. So for me, that's sort of a, a, a another important market that we may tackle through some state grants as well as state funding. Okay. What, what is the size of the, I'm sure you've done a little bit of you know market research. What's the size of the market? Uh, the, the size of the market is about 3 billion, 3.2 billion um, between the utility and the, the community protection market, as you might call it. And out of that, we look to, we're looking to capture about 320 to 340 million by deploying across a few utilities and covering their, their uh, transmission distribution grids. And, uh, you know, because you have both a hardware play and a uh, SaaS play, you know, software play in addition to that, uh, what, what do you envision as far as, 
you know, what, first of all, what would be, you know, I know when you go into full production, you know, margins will change. What is your initial margin going to be? And what, what have you forecasted being able to get that to? So our initial, uh, uh, cost of goods sold is about, uh, 60%. So it'd be a 40% profit margin. And then we anticipate that uh, to basically flip around to uh, a 60% profit margin on the hardware uh, at scale. So we're looking at, uh, uh, and, and these are very conservative numbers. Uh, it's around uh, $2,000 out of a $3,500 unit for our, our, sensor, our sensor unit. And then dropping down to about, somewhere between 1200 and 1500 out of a $3,500 unit. Uh, we think we can actually price them a little bit higher than that. So the margins would change significantly uh, based on some recent data that we've collected on, on weather station deployments as well as webcam uh, deployments. So if we're able to increase that price, that those numbers are going to change uh, significantly. And on the software as a service, we are... Um, currently pricing it similar to other um, AI implementations, although under some models we could price in a completely different way, which is much more aggressive, uh, looking at the actual value that we're bringing. Because each time you prevent a fire, you're potentially saving a, a 10 or a $100 million event for that company. Sure. Each time you detect a fire early, you can reduce damages anywhere between $1 million to hundred million. So we're restructuring that, that value proposition uh, right now with some of our advisors. Yeah. And if I remember correctly from uh, initially when we met and had a conversation, uh, these systems would be uh, put about every mile or so on the grid. Is that how that works, sir? That's correct. We'd be putting our devices uh, about every mile on, on the grid. And uh, we are at a almost demonstration ready. Uh, I can actually, you know, peek at one of her devices, which is meant to look along the grid. Okay. And you can see our visible camera and our thermal camera, kind of like your ring doorbell house facing one direction and then a pod in the other direction. This is our antenna for a transmission unit, wind sensor, temperature, uh, humidity, all sorts of environmental data. And then our computers running in here as well as the, the cellular modem is actually housed in here with the antenna up on top. So these would be our, our field demonstration units right here. There's still some, some hardening to do, but my guess is we should be pilot ready in the next two or three months uh, with the current chip shortages. Sure. And I'm going to make an assumption. I'm glad you did that. I was going to just say that, you know, I'm going to encourage the viewers to look at your deck so they can see a picture, although this looks a little more compact than what I even, you know, what you're doing in your deck, which is great. I'm assuming that these are being tested for the elements and weathering and, you know, durability and that type of thing that are all part of the testing process. That's what we're going to do next. So we are, we're finishing off the, the enclosure to be a, uh, 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 moisture sealed and that's what we've been working on between the last revision and this revision so our goal is to to bring that to to that uh that type of spec we we've uh used components inside which should be resistant to those temperatures and humidity so we've we've done our homework on that side and obviously until you test them out in the field for prolonged periods of time which is our next step uh that becomes uh 
you know so that's still to be to be done sure okay now let's let's touch upon you know the you know the traction that you have i know you know you're pre-revenue uh, because you're still doing pilot and that. But let's talk about, I mean, you received the DOE grant and That's I believe correct. there's the second phase of that uh, that can be applied to the company as well. And yes. maybe you can talk a little bit about that DOE grant and the process you're going through with that currently. Sure. So right now we are in a, in a phase one SBIR grant. Uh, the purpose of these grants is to promote the development of, of new technologies and bringing these technologies to the market. Uh, a phase one is a $200,000 award for one year, whereas a phase two grant is $1 million over up to two years in effort. Um, the purpose of this grant is to uh, bring our, our uh, device and its underlying functionality to our, our customers and to uh, basically bring this idea what was an idea a year ago to to life and uh you know the progress has been has been sort of uh stunning that a year ago we had literally uh nothing and today we've already made it as you saw as noted a second version of the um uh, of a potential field demonstration unit which is functional um so the goal of these grants is again to support this technology and the uh, odds of getting a, a phase two are about 40 to uh, 45%. And we've been taking every step that we can to try to secure that phase two, including uh, uh, opting into these optional programs that the DOE um, makes available to us. One of those is a market discovery program where we interviewed um, 30 different individuals in a period of seven weeks. And that is about improving your product market fit, as well as, you know, customer discovery. We learned a lot of important points during those interviews um, and, and how to best tailor our technology for our customers. Uh, we're also um, uh, working as part of that grant as a commercialization plan and together with our, our advisors and uh, our team, we're, we're working on making a compelling case that there is a need for our product in the market. And, and that will help drive our, our phase two effort along with technology. So the phase two really is about uh, not just making a compelling technology case, but also making a compelling market case that the technology exists. And that is done in a 15-page commercialization plan that covers topics like who is your customer? What is your traction? What is your strategy revolving around IP? And, and basically um, everything that you would need to, to bring this to the market. What is your go-to-market plan? How do you plan to manufacture the units? And it forces you to structure all of those things that make a plan to bring sure. the device to market. Sure. And so I think those are, are both good features here for, for the phase two grant. Absolutely. And where, where are you at with the IP aspect? So we filed a, a, uh, a provisional patent in 2020, and we've just filed the non-provisional version of that in, uh, at the beginning of September. Okay. So uh, that is in, currently in review by the USPTO, and, and we probably will not know an answer on that for realistically two or three years as Sure. Yeah, you all very awesome. well now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned team. 
Uh, talk just a little bit about your team, uh, who you got on board. And I know, you know, I'll, I'll mention that you uh, were accepted into the Long Beach Accelerator and went through that program, which is fantastic, right local to where I am here. Yeah. And uh, and you have some other news moving forward with the next step there with uh, Lacey. Uh, yes. For those here in L.A. that know the L.A. Clean Incubator, Tech Incubator, which is fantastic. So first talk a little bit about your team and then get into maybe the opportunities now with Lacey. Sure. So our team right now is composed of myself and Ochen, who's an expert in, in machine learning. I worked with him on the previous Parkinson's project and uh, he's come on board with me onto this one. Uh, he's mainly doing the, the software development, whereas I'm driving the hardware development and some of the, the business outreach. Uh, we also have an intern currently out of USC, uh, Victor, and uh, Victor is helping us out with our uh, new website as well as some of the art. Uh, he helped us redesign our, our new logo. Um, among our advisors, we recently uh, recruited, um, we recently, oh, sorry, uh, well, let me start back from the beginning, and that's going to be it's going to be easier. Um, oh, sorry. Can you cut? That's it. Uh, can you cut here and uh, rejoin it? Yeah, I'll just ask the video editors to sorry cut here. Uh, my my screen just completely froze up. Uh, okay. Here. I can't see you anymore. Are you still, are you yeah, still I'm there? I'm still here. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I completely lost. Uh, okay. There you go. Okay. So uh, we, we have, uh, we got Randy Lyle, who's the retired STGE fire coordinator. And he's been, he's been giving us great advice on, on how to deploy these uh, devices in the field. Uh, Jerry Schumann has got previous experience in uh, IoT devices uh, being deployed along the grid. Uh, David Horn is a uh, professor emeritus in marketing from uh, CSU Long Beach, and he's the um, he's on a local fire safe council. Has been advising us on both marketing and and uh, fire safe, as well as Sue Malone, who's um, worked on the SBA's PPP has been advising on general business uh, experience. So I think that pretty much wraps up our team along with a couple of other uh, consultants and an official advisors that I can drop on, including my uh, father who's got a lot of experience in multinational projects and uh, a huge network of supportive uh, friends and family who are, are uh, helping us out with this with this huge effort uh, by providing their knowledge and their uh, their insights. Uh, one of one of our family friends worked on on installing electronics at uh, fire stations as well as installing electronics on uh, cell phone towers, and it's been great to uh, be able to basically bug everybody as much as I can to to get uh, insights into into what we're doing better. Sure. And uh, real quickly, uh, Lacey, what's the opportunity to now with Lacey? So we are in their incubation program for the next two years. Uh, Lacey is, is a wonderful organization here in LA, as you mentioned. 
Uh, we're very proud to be able to be part of their third uh, cohort in the incubation program. Uh, and and uh, they provide a, a, a huge staff of, I believe, over 50 people uh, to support all aspects of the business. Uh, they connect you with investors. They connect you with potential customers. They have an in-house pilot program that allows you to uh, uh, ask for some support and actual funding from them, as well as the connections to uh, the potential companies. And they share uh, office space with uh, the, uh, the LA Department of Water and Power, uh, which has also been a great resource. Being able to access sure. them directly and ask them questions has been uh, very helpful over the last few weeks to uh, try and foresee potential hurdles and tackle them before they become a, a problem for the business. Fantastic. And uh, sorry, I wanted to also, the Long Beach Accelerator has been also an incredible uh, support for us at, at every level. They've connected us with uh, potential clients, advisors, and, and generally have been uh, incredibly supportive of our business and, and through them connecting us to the Sunstone Fund that gave us our initial investment that uh, also made this uh, initial development possible. Yes. So it's, it's humbling to see the support that we've gotten from a variety of, of organizations and, and people. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, just real quick, and then we'll wrap things up here. Uh, so what's the, what's the future vision as far as, you know, where do you see this going three to five years, you know, exit plan? What, what, what do you foresee as far as that goes? So in, in the three to five year range, I think it's realistic to, to say that we will either be deployed on uh, one utility network at, at pretty wide, uh, wide range, potentially two utilities. Uh, that would bring us into uh, a, a substantial revenue range uh, uh, at that point. Uh, the reason why I, I'm bringing out those numbers is from you know, previous deployments that they've made in, in their technology space, and I'm basing those numbers on, on those, those previous deployments. Uh, as far as exit plan, um, there are really two options for the company. One is to uh, a, a private sale to a uh, larger uh, business in the space that services the utility. And I'm already investigating some of those partnerships to establish those uh, relationships with those key players in the utility business. They may also work uh, as an early partner for the company to, lo to lower some of those entry barriers of trust with the utilities. And on the other side, if we're extremely lucky and manage to uh, expand past one business uh, early on in the next five years, we could look at a potential uh, market float, although that will require some substantial luck to be upfront. Fantastic. One last question for you. Uh, who, who would you, how would you describe your ideal investor? you know, somebody that you would want to work with, uh, you know, that's interested in investing in your company, what would that investor look like? I want to work with somebody who's passionate about climate action, taking care of the wildfire program in California is a huge issue. It's not going away. It's actually likely to get worse. So I'd love to work with somebody who's passionate about that. 
somebody who's passionate about data science. I think we have a huge data science problem in the wildfire space. We don't have enough of an understanding about the underlying cause of a lot of these fires. Could they be prevented? Somebody who gets behind that vision that may take longer to expand into the real profitable part of this business will be the data business that is behind it. Who can we sell that data to? So there's a hardware business at the front end in the next three to five years that may be very successful, but then all the data that we collect has a value which is much greater than that front end. That's where we could begin working with insurance companies, begin working with other early responding companies. We talked to a couple of companies that are making fire retardant. They're making uh, some hardware to respond to fires. For them, or knowing where the fire is happening early on is key to deploy their product. So there will be a lot of avenues to sell this data. We'll have weather data that can be sold for modeling. Uh, we have you know, a, a very large data business behind us and data science business around the prevention aspect, which is where the real savings will come in for other utility or a government customer uh, to, to really scale our value past our, our initial point of where we are today. And uh, I did fail to ask, what are, what are you looking to raise and, and what would be the runway with that in use of the funds? So currently we're looking to raise about $200,000. The use of the funds would be to help us leverage our, our phase two grant. The timeline at which we're looking to raise that is sometime between uh, uh, February and June of 2022. Um, and the runway would be basically uh, extended throughout the life of a phase two grant up to two years. Uh, the grants are a, a uh, reimbursement grant. So we have to spend the money and then have it be reimbursed. So without the initial investment, it would make it difficult to effectively leverage that grant. Without uh, the grant, we could still survive under that investment probably for eight to 12 months, although we would not be able to hire an additional staff as we would under the grant and we would be uh, not as good of a position. Sure, okay, no, that's- That's, uh, that's the realistic you, picture of what I hey, can give you. You're an, early, you're an early stage company and I think what you're doing is fantastic. And uh, you know, I greatly appreciate your time and uh, look forward to seeing more. What's the best way to get in touch with you? And we'll also put that on the video at screen, but what's the best way to get in touch with you, Gilberto? The best way to get in touch with me is my email and that's uh, gitasalvo at delfiretech.com and uh, or my cell phone is 626-399-7019. I'm somewhat old fashioned. I always welcome a good old phone call and uh, also, I'm willing to meet in person for coffee and talk about what we're working on in more depth. I, you know, I love what we're doing, and I think it's a great opportunity. And uh, I think you know, if it's going to be a working collaboration, which is what I would like with an investor at the end of the day, uh, we should get to know each other and uh, call me and we'll schedule a coffee date. Great. Sounds good. Again, Gilberto, thank you for your time. Great learning thank more you. about Delphi and what you're doing. Thank you so much.